Welcome to Garden Society. We are a sisterhood of women exploring holistic ways to rejuvenate from the rigors of daily life. We are wives and moms, sisters and girlfriends, bill payers, breadwinners, multitaskers, and peacemakers. We invite you to explore the possibility of elevating every day with our favorite plant. Grant yourself permission to chill out, smoke a joint, and get inspired to find your joy with us on Garden Society, the podcast. This gathering of the Garden Society is now in session. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We're so honored and excited to welcome our guest, Raven Duckett, onto our show. So today we're going to be talking about figuring out what you need. So that's everything from how do you find a good mentor? How do you build your network? How do you figure out how much money you want when you start, you know, an, a raise, um, really kind of across the board, figuring out the most useful tools, assets, people to bring into your life to build your business. So as we've been going along on, you know, Garden Society, the podcast, we've had a really fun time telling the story of Garden Society and through that bringing in guests that kind of represent different moments from building this business. So today we have Raven Duckett. Uh, Raven co-founded Community Gardens, which is a licensed cannabis delivery and distribution company mm-hmm. uh, here in Oakland, actually right where we are uh, recording. <laughs> She's one go of the first, well, go Oakland. She's one of the first verified Oakland equity teams in the state to be licensed for adult use retail. And Raven also founded her Society, I want to make sure and say that correctly, which is a really cool lifestyle brand uh, driven to bring people cannabis products that they can really relate to. They're made by underrepresented minorities, and each box will kind of contain a sesh, as we'll say. (laughs) I love that you guys use that for a description. Um, So do you want to kind of just tell us a little bit more about how you came to you know, be where you are with Herban Society and with the community garden and yeah, where, what your background. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be talking to you ladies. Um, so it all started with uh, community gardens um, or it really all started with the Oakland Equity Program. So um, I, previous to cannabis, I was working in tech um, right before starting Community Gardens, I was at Pandora, uh, which is in Oakland and was awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed it, uh, but I had a dream to be in the cannabis industry. Um, it honestly seemed like a lot of fun, <laughs> um, you know, to be in it. I had a friend who had worked in it for a couple of years and I just always really admired um, her job. And so uh, I was looking at Berkeley and Emeryville. Um, as well for, um, you know, regulations that they would pass that would, would allow me to open up a delivery service. The delivery service seemed like the easiest um, and, and the most affordable way to get into the space as an owner. Um, as I was looking around the city of Oakland past the Oakland Equity um, Ordinance, which uh, my team was able to qualify for, so uh, we wanted to open the delivery service. 
Uh, we had a path to license with the Oakland Equity Program. Uh, the city of Oakland hosted a mixer back uh, in like, what is it, like March or May, maybe May two, 2017. And it was between people who were qualified for the Oakland Equity Program and people who were interested in incubating um, people who were qualified for the Oakland Equity Program. Oh, wow. Um, So it was like a three-hour event. The first half of it, um, the city of Oakland officials uh, came up and talked about um, what the equity program was, what an, uh, how you qualify, what an um, incubator would supply. So um, to qualify for the Oakland equity program, you need to be from a certain area in Oakland um, for the past 10 of 20 years. Um, and you um, also need to be below a certain income threshold. In addition to that, or you can also be arrested for a marijuana crime um, in the city of Oakland um, within a time frame that is slipping my mind. I right think now. it's like the early 90s, early 90s or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just... Re- is it you as the founder or your founding team? or Someone on my team. One person on your team. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they qualified from residency. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so interesting. And just, I love that you just had this drive and you went, you didn't say, oh, I'm going to go try working in a dispensary. You just went straight for like, join someone else. Right. You're like, like, so I'm going to get a license and and start my own company. Why why delivery other than the logical path that you laid out? Did you have a passion for serving customers? Did you want to create a new product? Was there something deeper? I wanted to educate people about the benefits of cannabis. I think there are such, especially in the Black community, I think there is such a negative stigma attached to cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really goes back to uh, the war on drugs and um, just the media and the way the media has associated cannabis with people of color, with negative things, like all the way back to like, you know, even before the war on drugs, like reefer madness and, and things like <laughs> totally. that, you know? Oh my so, God. We finally watched that movie. Uh, like, I think it was last summer, my husband and I, oh my God, I couldn't even get through it. It was so bad. I watched oh. a preview and I was like, oh my. And yeah, it was, don't and it's waste your so time. Serious. So it's like, yeah. I, I understand that yeah. these um, aversions and these fears are real and they're generational and mm-hmm. they're deep. But I think especially in the black community, it's time that we start having real conversations about this plant. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, just so. the falsehoods that were practiced and kind mm-hmm. of the results of, of that and, you know, coming back from that from a culture perspective. Is, exactly. Yeah. It's tough and complicated. So as you, um, kind of dove into the cannabis industry and started building your delivery service. Did you have people that you reached out to um, from like a mentorship perspective or an advisor perspective to help you build the company or whether they be in cannabis or or from your tech world or or how'd you start? That's yeah. a big yeah. undertaking. So yeah. you go yeah. to the mixer and you're I go like, to the mixer, yeah, I know. I do, the, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. The qualify. It, yeah. So we okay, so at the mixer, they had a uh, like separate rooms that you could go to based on the business type that you wanted. Mm. So there was a delivery room, um, and they're like, Okay, everyone just go in the delivery room. So it got real awkward because it was like a speed dating kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like blind dates. <laughs> yeah, like, but it it's like, like awkward blind dates. Right. And you're like, hey, what's up? My name's Raven. Like, I don't know. So <laughs> you get really um, good at pitching your company. <laughs> right, right. And it's and it's funny because I okay, so my background, I have a sales and marketing background. So when I was at Pandora, my job was to create material for the sales team to go out and like pitch for advertising. So it's like, you know, I I I could 
I had the skill set to be good at this, which I which I recognize like when you talk about equity, a lot of equity applicants wouldn't have that type of skill set that I had. So, but it worked out to my advantage. I met Kiva Confections that day at the um, at the City of Oakland Mixer. Um, I met one of their executive members, um, told her about our business. It was really just kind of like an idea then, like, but um, we followed up with her via email. Uh, we ha- eventually had a meeting with them um, and had some, like, business plan that we showed them and stuff like that. Um, and from then on, they agreed to incubate us uh, cool. for delivery. Um, and they were actually really, really, really um, hands-on with helping us start our delivery service from setting up um, on a legal standpoint to like connecting us with our first uh, vendors, vendors that we still use today. So uh, it was a woman by the name of Susan who was uh, actually really helpful to us, like starting the delivery service. And so uh, without that type of support, I don't think we would have been able to get where we are today. How much did you have fully baked versus from an idea perspective versus how honest and transparent were you with her when you said like we have times where I say I have no idea what I'm doing or how to do Mm -hmm. this can Mm -hmm. you help me or I go in and say ah here's my plan what do you think and then get feedback and adjust right it was definitely more like here's our plan like we want to do this we want to do that and we want to do that like do we want to offer products to people that are um good for a good medical grade? Like that mm-hmm. was something that we wanted. Like do we know the people who are going to pr- provide us those products? Like no, we don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's where she would come in and be like, "Oh, well, yeah, I know someone who's really great and makes this really great topical. You should talk to them." Cool. So it was kind of like that. It was like, "This is what we want to do. Like how can you support us with that?" And they were very with like Okay, I understand what you want to do. Here's what here's what I have on my end. Well, and that really goes back to that figuring out what you need. So mm-hmm. you were asking the right questions to understand what you needed to move the business forward. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, and then are you where did it kind of go from there? Uh, we're still working with them. So oh, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they are fantastic. our incubators uh, for. Uh, our delivery. Okay. And, you know, that's really part of the reason we were the first um, equity team in the state of California to be licensed for uh, adult use delivery. Our license number is three. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it was really like with that support between the Oakland Equity Program and between the relationship we were able to build with our incubator, um, we realized that. Uh, or we were able to get, you know, one of the first licenses. Um, and then after, so we started the delivery first. Um, and then the one of the mini drafts of the regulations that are now permanent came out. Um, <laughs> oh one, of early, one of the early, early drafts. Yeah, <laughs> early, early. Uh, and we kind of realized that um, if we ever wanted to get margins uh, where they needed to be, we should uh, probably pursue a distrib- distribution license. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came in like November of 2017 or something like that. Um, but through our connections, we were able to connect with Jetty Extracts, um, who was also <coughs> looking for someone to incubate at the time and had space for distribution. Um, so we were able to um, strike up a deal with them for incubating, um, and we were able to get our distribution license as That's well. fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Other than sheer luck, how did you find these partners? <laughs> right. I'm like... Because one thing we right. talk a lot about is, is this a good networking event to mm-hmm. go to? Mm-hmm. Is it not? Is mm-hmm. it worth our time? Is it not? And mm-hmm. as being busy moms and founders, mm-hmm. it's hard to balance what you should be going to from a networking perspective versus where you need to spend your well, time Well, and you elsewhere. just dropped two really prominent, well-respected names within the industry that, that helped you guys. And I think that's incredible that you... Not incredible, but it's just yeah, it is a testament to you and yeah. your skill that and your team and yeah. your team that you were able to 
get that buy-in and it sounds like relatively quickly. Yeah, I think that I think what this whole podcast about is like understanding what you need kind of hits it on the head. Like you have to be very clear about as a business owner, like what do you need? And like, and that comes from like, what do you want? Which is like the crazier, scarier part. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you're true. like, wait, I, I get to ask myself yeah. that question. What do, what, I, do I what do I want? What do I want? Like, I Truth want them. that. You know what? $3 that's $3 such dollars. a good point to take, though, for our listeners is you know what you want, not just what you need. Yeah. I mean, that's so important to yeah. not just building a business, but building a business you can be passionate about. Exactly. So. And it's like those little steps, you mm-hmm. know, before. And so, I mean, we were we were really big on networking in the beginning, but it was, I don't know, it was just really, I guess that was really our, our pure luck. We were just right place, right time because we were in so many places and, you know, Facebook was really big. Like this industry loves Facebook and I also love Facebook. So <laughs> like that actually really helped. Um, but it was, yeah, just also going into places, being clear about what we wanted, what we had to offer, what we needed, and, and things like that. And probably not being shy to ask for what you needed. Because no. I think a lot of times women get into a position where they're like, oh, I could never ask that. Or, you know, what we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier with, you know, focused on underrepresented founders, being clear on the ask. And so I commend you for that being direct and upfront early on, because mm-hmm. that probably accelerated the process of the partnerships. Exactly. Yeah. And I think being clear about like where you stand, like how you say, like, you know, I'm creating with Urban Society, like I'm creating a, a brand that supports underrepresented minorities like mm-hmm. does your brand want to identify with something like that and the mm-hmm. person on the other in the conversation can either say yes or no and and you know you can respect it and move on if you need to or you can continue the conversation but if you're able to be clear about what your brand is and what your brand stands for mm-hmm. then those conversations on the other end get you know a lot more clear and they appreciate it and respect it from what I've from what I've experienced definitely so how did you did sort of just like your experience with community gardens drive the, the founding of Herban Society or what kind of was the nexus of, yeah. you know, moving that new brand forward? Definitely. So um, so with us scoring our delivery license, uh, we did operate in the medical market for a little bit and uh, we saw the uptick um, in that. And then we entered into the legal market and we were really actually struggling um over the last year. Well, it's oh hard. Yeah. yeah. For anyone. <laughs> we it's, struggled too. It's yeah. been hard, you 2018 know. 2018 was a year of shit. It <laughs> was a shitty, really just tough year for a retailer, for a small retailer like us. Mm-hmm. We our equity team like we we sunk our like savings into this, so it's like we don't have a lot of cash for like advertising and things like that. And you have really well-funded, well-known, really fancy retailers like Ease, like MedMen, like Harborside, like all these people who are doing all this really great stuff. And so it became a moment where it's like, okay, so what are we, what are we fighting for? Like, what's the market share that we're actually fighting for? And if, when I took a step back, I realized that a lot of the people that I think would identify with my brand, with myself, aren't even participating in the legal market right now. Um, and after I did some research, I kind of figured out like, not only are most people not participating in the legal, in the regulated market, uh, they're happy with the products that they're purchasing in the unregulated market. Um, and so what really needs to happen is that there needs to be some sort of, um, rally around the legal market and, and people need to think it's fun to actually participate in the legal market. And so what we're doing is building experiences around products um, in the legal market 
that necessarily you can't even really get in the unregulated market. And you get more transparency into who you're buying from, how to use it, what to do with it. So you're building value, you're building brand affinity, and people can feel good about what they're buying. Who they're supporting. Exactly. You're able to tell that story in a way that's very real and it can resonate with your, you know, target consumers. And I think that's something that that's like a value proposition from, you know, regulated market versus black market. Mm -hmm. And so helping people kind of understand that shift and driving consumer demand so that they are able to go, you know, feel good about going into the regulated market. But I mean, it's a huge educational, you know, not even a step, a huge leap that needs to be made. Yeah, it is. And it's going to take a lot of education. I feel like we talked about it earlier, something that really, really scares me is enforcement on the unregulated market. Um, I think that we are in a very interesting place in cannabis history where um, equity is a big deal everywhere, you know, in the state of California, other states are looking at it, talking about it. Federally, they're Um, talking about it. Federally, they're talking about it. And it's a lot Mm -hmm. of good feelings and it's a lot of like virtue and stuff like that. But being an equity candidate and dealing with the realities of, of going legal in the California market, it's very tough. It's very expensive. The incentive right now is low. The enforcement right now is low, but that will all change. Um, and I worry that we have equity programs that are 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 real today because a lot of people went to jail for selling weed, but our enforcement programs are going to send a lot of people to jail for selling weed. Mm -hmm. It's a cycle that's going to repeat itself. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I I just want to get people away from the unregulated market in more of a, you know, natural, good feel, organic, like, you know, because it's like if everyone – just starts getting scared to like text the dude that they usually text for whatever, then it's like, that's not a, a really fun way to get someone to well, walk into your store. It's not a way to build a healthy market and healthy consumer demand. I'm sorry, earlier I should have used the term unregulated market. I need yeah, to get better about using that. <laughs> okay. um, so I would love to just talk a little bit more about um, your work with the initiative now mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. kind of how you found that network and sort of what made you feel safe and good about, you know, moving forward with them and what you've gained from that? Yeah. So uh, we started the, I started the initiative uh, this January um, and that was to build out a uh, Herban Society. Um, and we have been, I've been there about seven to eight weeks now. And what we've been really focused on is learning how to raise money, Uh, preparing your company for venture funding or angel funding. Uh, It's been a really amazing experience. Um, I have pivoted my company. I've changed a lot. I've met a lot of great people. I've gotten a lot of great mentors. Um, We are preparing to pitch um, in Portland at a a tech fest. We're pitching at ArcView in Canada in April. And then we're also hosting a demo day uh, in May coming up. So oh Go girl. Yeah. <laughs> so how often are yeah. you up there and like how many hours are you spending on this? Yeah. Um, I'm up there most of the week. So usually at least like Tuesday through Thursday, maybe sometimes Tuesday through Friday. Uh, that's usually when we have content. So the first couple weeks were really, um, like regimented. So we had like an introduction week where we had, um, Emily Paxia, 
um, and Tahira come out and talk to us about um, just what it means to be in the accelerator, what it means to raise. We had like a really good um, week on that. And then we had two weeks of legal uh, where you got like really deep into like estate planning and uh, corporate governance and like taxes. I mean, all super and- important, but all <laughs> yeah. super snoozers too. Was, yeah, no, it was, it, that, those weeks were intense. We were like, oh my God. You're like, like this is really important. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, your estate. I'm like, uh, no, not yet. I'm not planning to die. Right. <laughs> Um, and then we, after we had like public speaking and like sales support. Um, and so it's been, um, awesome. There's 10 companies in total. Great. Um, so all women led, um, some hemp CBD, some beauty companies Mm. and stuff like that. Um, the girls are, a lot are from Portland, but some are from New York. Um, and it's just been a really great experience. It's been tough. Um, we meet with like a lot of investors. We meet, uh, w- with our team together. And it's tough because you, as a founder, have so much passion and understanding and like, you know, love for your brand. And I would say in an accelerator, it's um, it's not as much handholding as I had um, anticipated it being in a mm-hmm. good way. I think like, you know, as like women, we're used to like kind of like coddling each other, which is good sometimes. But when it comes to like raising money and getting ready to like be venture ready, like you, you can't do that. And it's so, <laughs> I mean, it's a challenge is really exactly. at the end of the day, but that's awesome because the more challenging, the more kind of grit you earn. And exactly. That's really And you're cool. more ready. You're ready for what's co- what's to come. Yeah, you know? definitely. And I also think there's something Carly and I talk a lot about when you really push yourself, how you're in the moment and it feels so hard or difficult or unknown. Mm-hmm. But then when you step back and you accomplish it and you step back, it just makes you more resilient. Mm-hmm. And I think resiliency exactly. is something that's so important in founders, especially founders in cannabis, because what we've all gone through for the past three years in this industry and continue to like basically our horizon is unknown and it's a roller coaster of good and bad and what you talk about legal market versus the illegal market or unregulated market versus whatever is in front of us with federal legalization. Mm -hmm. Resiliency is what we all need the most. Yes, I totally agree. Definitely. I I mean, there's just a lot to it. It's really complicated. Um, But I think that what you're doing is such an interesting way to break down that entrepreneurship and kind of like understanding, you know, you know what you want and what you need and then going to these people and, and them kind of like making you think in a different way where it's actually like, oh, wait, no, that's not what I need. I need this over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, that's just all the, you know, the business of business building. But I think you're, it sounds like in the accelerator, it really is pushed forward at a much faster rate. How do you find in the accelerator or even in your business to be able to confidently understand what you need? Because I think that's a hard thing. We're going to go out for a fundraise and trying to figure out, should we raise 5 million? Should we raise 8 million? Should Mm -hmm. we raise 3 million? And there's, it's one thing to ask for it, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to ask for it with confidence. Right. So what are some skills or some activities you're doing to be able to build that confidence into what you need? Right. I, I usually – what I've learned in the accelerator really is I work back for my milestones. Mm. And so I say, you know, in the next year, like for my raise that I'm preparing for, my milestones are attached to um, – our online visit rate, our social media following, our um, third-party retailer adoption. So like I'll list those milestones out and then I'll kind of work backward from that and be like, okay, so in order to accomplish this, like what do I need? Like do I need a booth at a trade show? Like do I need like whatever kind of thing? And so 
that's my like long form tail way of doing that. I love um, that. I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it helps too because I'm I'm like a goal person, like because it's just so many. So is Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never you seen. You know, even if you like, you don't make all your goals because it's life. You know, but even if you can like just say like I didn't make that because of X, Y, and Z happened. Mm-hmm. At least you know next time you're like, all right, well I won't do it like that. So I have a funny story, not to go on a tangent, but in sixth grade I wrote a letter about myself and it was in a time capsule and it was for 10 years from then. So I wrote it when I was 12 and it was for when I was 22. And it said, I will go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I will have my own apartment or live in the dormitory. I will work. I will like blah, blah, blah. I will like, you know, graduate with a degree in engineering or whatever. I like did every fucking thing on the list. I found the time capsule four years ago. I didn't even know it existed, right? And my dad's like, I have this old time capsule. And I opened it up and I was like, the power of goals and the power of writing it down and seeing what you want to become, right? Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really – I forgot all about it. And I was like, holy cow, I like – Either I'm like really uncreative, which potentially could be the case, but <laughs> that or no, you you're write just it extremely goal oriented. I, I you're it. my spirit animal. Like, <laughs> I totally, I totally go, girl. understand that because it's like, and I feel like that comes back to like this whole podcast of like mm-hmm. what you need is like based on what you want, and what you want is scary because it can like when you're young and making your goal, you're like I can do whatever I want now, but like as a founder, I'm like 30, like I'm scared to like think about what I want. Well, there's like, responsibility, yeah, and there's like a roof over your head. Rent payments. Yeah, right. Like I'm still forget. Right. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. So I think it's like goals are are just are tangible ways. You're writing down what you want, no Mm -hmm. matter like how scary it is, no matter impossible it seems. But if you have that, then you can kind of like work back and then figure out how much you need to raise, figure out what meetings you need to go to, like all that kind of stuff. It'll be a lot more clear. And for me, like I was talking about when I was writing my list this morning and it like, you know. Stressed you out. Yeah, like stress me out. But yeah. it's like good because at least it's like all – your stress is all contained on a piece of paper. Right. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I can do this. I see it. Now right. I can like start checking stuff off. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, and not being afraid to like not meet your goal or make a mistake along the way and then learn from that. And I think – um be Aaron and I are somewhat new parents. And that's sort of something that you learn through the early stages of parenthood is like, okay, you're going to make mistakes, but your child is still like alive and well and resilient. resilient. And so the business is sort of like, since we've been building this business in parallel to becoming parents, there are a lot of these like reflective moments where you're like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, raising a kid where, you know, you have to have you, you can set the goals, but you've got to be able to, you know, fail along the way or right. make little mistakes. We say we have two toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> the toddler business and the toddler baby. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I just got married in September. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Did I, you get married here in the area? I got married in Pleasanton, oh, California. Nice. Uh, Palma Vince Center. Ooh, fun. So awesome. It was really, really nice. Oh, my but yeah, gosh. my husband's like kind of like, oh, what's going on with the family? Family. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we have a baby. It's yeah. A you're like, this business has <laughs> taken up a little bit of my time. I know, Aaron, like, like birthed her baby in the middle of birthing this company. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you were so amazing. Uh, I don't know. It was hard. You just, you, I kind of blurred a lot of that out, right? right. I blurred yeah. out those like late nights right. with the business and the late nights with the baby. And you know what? We're women. We're amazing in how we can multitask and the amount of work we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And when you're like, 
what you said, Raven, I love it, like goal centric Mm -hmm. and like work, break it down into steps. And Mm -hmm. as long as you can look at it as steps, whether it's like, okay, I'm going to sleep four hours tonight or it's like, (laughs) I'm going to accomplish this task. Like it's amazing what we can actually get through. I wish I could say I'm going to sleep four hours and then just like go to sleep for four four hours. hours. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, One question I had for you with the fundraise, you want to tell us what you're doing or share any of that? Uh, Yeah, I'm preparing for my seed round right now. Uh, I'm thinking I'm raising 275K for my seed round. Uh, Still putting those together, but uh, (laughs) I'm really excited. Like I said, I will be doing some pitching uh, starting beginning of April. So cool. Uh, get in excited. And this that. is really targeted around building herb and society. That is correct. So okay. uh, it'll be uh, what we need to launch. We're launching uh, four boxes awesome. in 2019. So it'll be uh, for inventory and marketing for those mm, boxes. That's so, so exciting. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> we can't wait to check them out when you're yeah. ready. Definitely. Let us know. We'll be on your first list. Yes. yes. Awesome. Well, <laughs> since you don't deliver up to Sonoma County, we'll have you deliver to Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we'll <laughs> Or maybe you can expand oh, up to us. Supernova. Let me talk about Oh, Supernova. yeah. I was just yes. going to ask you about that. Okay, good. We will be in Sonoma County. Actually. Oh, oh we're doing. Um, so, right now, we're talking with Hall of Flowers. Oh, um, yeah. About uh, we're hosting uh, a networking event after the first day. So, April 30th. Okay. Oh, great. We'll be hosting a mixer. Okay. Um, we would love to help partner Yeah, let us it, know or? how we can awesome. assist. Yeah. Sweet. Because, um, yeah, I'm actually looking for a space right now. Um, cool. So, I'll, I'll follow up with you guys on that. But, uh, so for Hall of Flowers, uh, we are um, hosting a mixer for highlighting brands of color, black and brown people in the cool. industry. Um, so it should be really fun. It's going to be smoke friendly and that should be good. So we'll be on Sonoma then. I'll have a table for uh, Herb and Society. So you guys can check it. it out. That's rad. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Right. Well, we'll definitely have to get together. Tell when us you're about up there. the work you're doing with Supernova Women from a community mm-hmm. mentoring because you're yeah. doing some really inspirational stuff there. Thank you. Yeah. So Supernova Women was founded in 2015 uh, by four women of color um, in the cannabis industry. Um, and what they have been doing since then is a lot of advocacy work um, and networking and events um, at the national level. Uh, they were really um, instrumental in putting together the Oakland Equity Program as well as other equity programs throughout the state of California and the state uh, equity program um, that just passed. Uh, Woohoo! 10 year. million, I think, right? Yeah, 10 million, which is um, open to for cities to apply. So I believe Oakland is applying great. for the loan, which is awesome. That's great. Um, so Supernova, uh, what we really care about is getting more uh, women of color, people of color in the cannabis industry as stakeholders. Uh, we realize that a lot of women who want to be in the industry lack the network and connections to um, do so. And so uh, one of the things we do is host a lot of events, networking events, education events. Uh, Following the panel that we were on, um, Erin, a couple weeks ago, we hosted a Shades of Green event which is one of our signature events where we t- give education to interested um, community members about uh, cannabis policy mm-hmm. um, and like running a business in the cannabis um, industry. We have some presence coming up in Washington, D.C., uh, oh, cool. Over 420, there's a National Cannabis Festival, um, which is really about uh, getting advocacy around policy out um, about cannabis. And so we'll be there um, tabling. Um, Hall of Flowers is coming up. And so we think Hall of Flowers is really important because 
Um, it's one of the premier B2B uh, trade shows mm-hmm. in the state of California. Definitely. It was beautiful last year. They do such a nice job. The team is like really, really top notch. And we think that it's really important for brands of color to have presence at um, events like that. Uh, we've reached out to the team and they've been very open to working with us. And so we're excited to uh, see how we can um, further that partnership. And we have a couple of other like events scheduled out through the year. Uh, but what we really focus on is um, increasing uh, women of color, their network, um, their industry knowledge, um, and making sure that they know what they need to do to be uh, advocates for a policy where they live. That's, That's great. great. So we will make sure to link back to all of this information in our show notes. Um, and yes. then we can also list, you know, where you guys will be upcoming. Um, if I would love for you to just give some shout outs for like your social media handles mm-hmm. for both Herb and Society and Supernova Women and Community Gardens. Yeah. So um, the Herb and Society is at Herban, H-U-R-B-A-N, Society, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. <laughs> like Garden Society. Yeah, Garden Society. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spelling is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Supernova Women is at Supernova, S-U-P-E-R-N-O-V-A, Women, W-O-M-E-N. Uh, that's our Instagram handle. And then Community Gardens, we are on Facebook at oh, Community Gardens. Our Instagram got shut down. Oh. Out of like nowhere. And then I had to take a step back and reassess if Instagram was was important to us. And I haven't decided for Community yeah. Gardens yet. But yeah. And if our listeners want to order through your platform, do you do they order online? How do they actually buy from you? Um, Our information is on our Facebook. So Facebook okay, is the best way. Okay. Cool. Okay, that's great. That's awesome. And then any events coming up you want to promote? So there's Hall of Flowers with mm-hmm. Supernova. Um, do Supernova women have any other events that people might be interested in checking out? Um, we um, follow us on Facebook. We have a lot of events coming um, out this year, pretty much starting in the summer, like one every month. So follow us on either uh, Facebook or Instagram at Supernova Women, um, and you can kind of stay up tuned with those. Cool. cool. And we'll post them in the show notes too. Great. Anything else you're burning with desire to talk about. <laughs> I, I love your idea. Not to interrupt you. Sorry. I love your idea of like, how do we create a voice for underrepresented far- brands and founders mm-hmm. so that the greater audience and the greater co- um, consumers are aware of the struggles and the issues, um, whether it's the war on drugs mm-hmm. and the, you know, all the community um, stigma issues you're working to overcome there, mm-hmm. or whether it's really how to spend their community dollars to support the, the issues that they really care about mm-hmm. um, and how to spend their consumer dollars. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what matters. People vote with their money. Yeah. Right. And I think, yeah, I think it's really important that we create content like this that mm-hmm. kind of like shows people like the real side of the plant. Um, I think there needs to be more of this, more of these type of things, podcasts, videos, like written content around like what's happening. Um, because what, and that's what Urban Society, like part of our our mission in every box is kind of <laughs> like a booklet um, that goes over what's in the box, how to use it, because it's important that we tell our stories and it's from our perspective and so it's like you're telling your story from the perspective of a woman like I can tell my story as a perspective of a woman of color a person Mm -hmm. of color Mm -hmm. and it's like all those voices need to be out right now and Mm -hmm. so people can kind of hear from a real perspective like what they're supporting when they walk into a dispensary and they're like okay, yeah, I want those like Garden Society pre-rolls because I know Aaron's super dope and like I I support what they're doing. Like, um, and I think that we can get there easily. I think people want to know about it, but I think it's going to be stuff like this. That's like things that's fun for people to consume and they don't, you know, it's not too heavy or anything like that because it's like we 
should be fun. Weed <laughs> used to be fun. So we <laughs> talk should be about filled this, with joy. <laughs> this all the time in all of our talks with Garden Society lately where mm. I think too much of the conversation around weed has been this hurts, that hurts. Mm. Like permission for mm. ailments where like what you talk about is so true and resonates where it is fun to be high. Mm-hmm. It is fun to smoke cannabis. It is mm-hmm. fun to eat cannabis, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, it helps with physical ailments mm-hmm. and the medical side is very important. Um, but but happiness t- is important too. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. the more joy you have, the better you feel. Just if you laugh, you feel better, right? Right. Right. And so how do we shift the conversation in the cannabis community to be more joy centric? And speaking mm-hmm. of that, Carly, what's your spark of joy? <laughs> no. So I have my spark of joy this week um, happened spontaneously this weekend. I was in a super big funk and I um, I put on some music. I just watched Bohemian Rhapsody, which was, I don't know. It, I didn't think it was a very good movie, but <laughs> hopefully that's not an unpopular comment. Um, but I still love Queen's music. So I put on somebody to love because I love anything that I can like sing my heart out to. And I danced around like a wild goon in my living room with my almost three-year-old daughter and just sang my heart out. And it felt so good and it sparked so much joy. And so I'm going to make everyone go around and say what their fun song is and inspire all of our listeners to write in what their favorite song is to kind of just let loose and go wild. That's a good one. (laughs) This is like a pressure situation. while we do that, we're going to break out a little um, SFEOG pre-roll from Garden Society and pass that around. Ooh, I love it. OG. OG. I have to say mine. I have two. But this is like so time period centric, I think, where like I like everything, but I love regulators. (laughs) (laughs) Only because it's like literally memories of like jumping on the couch hanging out with my friends, like being in that place where like I wasn't worried about being a mom and the pressures and the founder and the the freedom, right? Chilling. Chilling. (laughs) What about you, Raven? Um, Okay. So the – my power song right now has been Cash Doll. Ooh. It's called Ice Me Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, that's why like, I have to. That's we, very relevant. Rap, I'll like, okay. Like, it's, okay. It's awesome. I um, love it. Basically, because I'm raising money right now too. So Definitely. It's, so it's, about, it's like Ice Me Out. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It puts you in the mindset. Yeah. <laughs> that was like I was definitely running with girls by Beyonce for a while too. Right. Where I exactly. Was like, with exactly. the marching where you're like, I'm just going to do this. We're you guys have this. so much yeah. more meaning behind it. I'm like, I just like mine because I, I know the words. <laughs> I don't know any words ever. So, that's Joe, what's Joe. yours? Well, if I'm being like you, yeah. I will just belt out George Ezra at the top of my lungs. But if I'm like you girls, it would be started from the bottom, now a hit. <laughs> It's been an honor having you here. I've loved getting to know about your business. I can't wait to further the conversation around, you mentioned earlier, the differences between equity and diversity. And I think that that's something really important for us to just dive into even deeper. So I'm really excited to to continue the conversation off air. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to have you guys back on for season two. Hells yeah. And we can look at how we can bring in maybe some more Supernova women mm-hmm. or some other brands we can work with and, you know, keep building and having these honest conversations from an authentic place about about the business and also about the joy of it all. Yeah, I think that's great. I'd love to talk about that. I think we could bring in some cool people and have a dope conversation about that. Let's do it. Rad. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love all of you and we can't wait for next episode of Garden Society, the podcast. (laughs) 
Be sure to check the podcast show notes at thegardensociety.com for a deeper dive into each episode. Engage with Carly and Aaron via social at GRDN Society. If you like what you hear, help spread the joy. Subscribe, rate, and review Garden Society, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Garden Society, the podcast, is produced by Joanna Newding and recorded in the Casually Baked Studio in downtown Oakland, California. Sound engineering is performed by Arnav Gupta. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.